I'm Roger Weber. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Mismatch, stories of the incompatible, the unsuitable, and the out of step. A change of pace, if you will, as we explore a mismatch between two animal species, one the hunter, one the hunted, and each dependent on the other. When the balance of nature goes out of whack, bad things happen. Without wolves on Isle Royal, uh, the moose would overrun the place and destroy their own food supply, including the forest itself. Listen to what was once a frequent sound on a remote island in the Great Lakes. The man who recorded the wolf packs on Isle Royal wishes he could hear that sound again. Uh, my name is Ralph Peterson. I'm a research professor at Michigan Technological University. Peterson leads the world's longest-running predator-prey study. And I've been working uh, on uh, the wolves and moose uh, at Isle Royal in a research sense uh, since 1970. He works on a 45-mile-long island in Michigan in the northwest section of Lake Superior. Isle Royal emerged 10,000 years ago as glaciers retreated. They carved out elongated ridges, lakes, and bays. It's wild and it's beautiful. Peterson is worried about Isle Royal. It now has 1,600 moose and only two wolves. The imbalance of nature is altering Isle Royal's ecosystem. The number of moose has been going up for about the last five years, about 20% per year. So that's a doubling rate of every three to four years. And the population is very young and they're just coming into their reproductive age. So they will uh, continue to reproduce and increase uh, for the foreseeable future. Peterson is 68 years old bearded and lean. He's hiked every part of Isle Royal, documenting the effects of too many moose and too few wolves. The trail is steep, rooty, and rocky. We walk a couple of miles before Peterson leads me onto a trampled moose path. Well, moose have been on Isle Royal for over 100 years, probably arriving early in the 1900s, and they probably swam. They're very good swimmers, and there is at least one eyewitness account of, a, of watching a moose swim all the way from the mainland to Isle Royale. Um, and then they were isolated uh, without predators for almost a half century, from early in the 1900s to about the late 1940s. They overran the island, devouring their favorite plants. During World War II, scientists proposed introducing wolves to thin the moose population. They never had to. Mother Nature stepped in. Wolves uh, undoubtedly walked across the ice during the winter. They loved to get on newly formed ice, and sometimes they go through the ice and die. But new ice means new territory, and wolves are all about consolidating new territory. So uh, they probably walked across the ice, and ice between the mainland and Isle Royale used to be a common feature. In fact, 100 years ago, they ran the U.S. mail across with horses and sleighs. As for human beings, most arrive by ferry. Three hours from Michigan, an hour and a half from Minnesota. Isle Royal is America's least visited national park due to distance, lack of mainland conveniences, and... 
those ravenous, relentless insects. In a week. Down my throat. <coughs> Do you ever get used to the mosquitoes and the black flies of Isle Royal? Yeah, these insect pests are what keep the number of people at a low level, especially in June and July. Oh, if you don't have a head net <clears throat> or some kind of a chemical uh, DEET or something, which I don't like to use, I think you'd just go insane, actually. <laughs> they're, they're just on you all over the place. I mean, we even see moose that just erupt in, uh, in a rage from insect pests. They're kicking the water and roaring and uh, racing around, flopping their ears, splashing, just trying to get rid of those black flies. Only 18,000 visitors per year, mostly backpackers, brave the bugs and other challenges on Isle Royal. It's protected from major human uses such as hunting, trapping, of which would affect wolves and moose. Peterson hands me a stick as we start to walk on a long beaver dam on Lake Ojibwe. I guess we're to step in the tangle of branches and wet mounds of grass. I guess wrong and stick my right leg deep in the muck. I guess I like to think of it as an observatory rather than a laboratory because we're not really intervening very often. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's, uh, it's isolated, so it, uh, the, animals, the animal populations that are on the island are stuck there. So moose essentially are, are not being preyed upon and they're increasing at their maximum rate right now. What it means for the vegetation that they feed on is uh, extreme foraging effects. A lot of muddy shorelines, uh, degraded shorelines, just trampling effects of small islands that loons, for example, would nest on. A lot of sediment into the water from moose uh, stirring up the bottoms, and the, the water, which would normally be clear, is just completely uh, muddy. You could say the ponds were trash. We head to higher, drier ground. Peterson removes a small human item from a tree trunk. The uh, Park Service has uh, allowed me to, by permit, put up a couple cameras to monitor for wolves. This is the best way we'll possibly know that there are still two wolves left if they happen to walk in front of this camera, which happens about once a year. <laughs> so it's not a sure thing at all. And Rolf, what are you doing right now with your equipment? I'm just changing the batteries and changing the camera card, and, uh, and then it'll go till fall. That camera used to capture much more activity. One video shows three sets of eyes in the darkness. The wolves appear to be closing in on a moose on the other side of the camera. And then we heard a roar, very aggressive roar. It sounded like an African lion. And it turned out to be a moose. The wolves listened to that for about a minute, and then they took off. How does a wolf kill a moose? They're not very good at it. About all they can do is grab the moose, mostly by their hind legs. And wolves are very good at grabbing things and hanging on. And then they just literally hang on 
and hope for help. <laughs> and sometimes help comes in the form of another wolf who might latch onto the other rear leg. If the moose can't knock the wolf off by hitting it against a tree or running fast, it'll eventually slow down and weaken and the wolves simply do not let go. A bull moose on Isle Royal weighs about a thousand pounds, smaller than moose in other parts of North America, but over 10 times the weight of a wolf. Oh yeah, wolves are at great risk of being injured whenever they attack a moose. So they're very careful because their life is on the line. So they, they have to shop around for the right moose, a moose that's got ob obvious infirmities or calves. Calves are certainly vulnerable. But we, uh, we've seen moose kick wolves so hard that it literally, in the head, literally stops them in their tracks from a dead run uh, to nothing. <laughs> so virtually every wolf skeleton that we looked at has broken ribs from being thrown against trees during attacks. At their peak, 50 wolves roamed Dial Royal, keeping the moose population under control. By the way, can you imagine trying to sleep in a tent and listening to that? But the wolves are vanishing in spite of park restrictions and in spite of the island's isolation. Peterson blames human interference. In uh, 1980, there was a brand new mutant virus on the scene worldwide, canine parvovirus, and it killed about half the domestic dogs that contracted it. Uh, within a few years, there was a vaccine available for dogs, but uh, wolves were subject to the same virus, same sickness, and it kills pretty fast, uh, especially young wolves. So that came through 4th of July, 1980, uh, in the form of a dog from Chicago. Uh, dogs weren't allowed, but the, the rule was new and uh, not terribly well enforced. So anyway, this dog brought the disease to Isle Royal. All the pups, wolf pups on the island died that year. And the population uh, was quite devastated. 50 wolves quickly became only 14 wolves. Genetic diversity dropped, along with rates of reproduction. In 2012, wolves took a smaller but still serious hit, again caused inadvertently by humans. We were alerted to an unknown mine pit, a historic mine pit, that was quite deep and water-filled. And in the bottom, you know, 10, 15 feet down from the surface, maybe there was a snowshoe hair down in the bottom, but in any case, one wolf went down, was fine. Two wolves went down, it was fine. When three wolves went down, they went through the ice and they all drowned. Rolf Peterson believes people caused the wolves' decline and people are obligated to reverse it. When we come back, we'll explore the controversial idea of introducing wolves to the island and we'll visit Peterson's cabin. It's not only a research center, but his family's unusual home. Rolf Peterson lives on a peninsula of Isle Royal. No trails connect his old fishing cabin to the main island, so a dock is his driveway. A little wind turbine spins and captures precious energy, joined in the effort by solar panels. There is a limited amount of uh, battery power, essentially, so uh, you know we're not streaming videos and uh, going to the movies or anything like that. But 
uh, email and so forth. Uh, sure, we can take care of that. You know, the food comes out in the summertime uh, once a week. You have to order way ahead of time. You don't have ice cream and uh, some of those amenities, but uh, nothing that's really important that I miss. We do not have a flush toilet, and that's a blessing. Why is that a blessing? Nothing can leak when you don't have any pipes in the first place. <laughs> no, no need to call a plumber. No. In the outhouse, a gag headline from the Onion Comedy newspaper reads, Wolf Attack, Still Leading Cause of Death in U.S. In the tiny cabin, reminders of moose and wolves are everywhere. The researcher's broad-brimmed hat hangs from moose antlers. Animal photos and artwork cover the walls. A wolf calendar hangs above the wood-burning stove. Peterson and his wife Candy raised two sons here. This place is not our place, and the fact that we don't own it means that we don't have to worry about which kid is going to inherit it. All that stuff that comes with private property. No, no, no. It's been a huge privilege to be yeah. here. There was one summer when there were two kids in diapers, and Candy did boil the diapers over a wood fire, you know, with a big in a big tub with a big stick and uh, hung them out to dry and yeah that was a pretty big production uh but then the kids quite quickly grew up and they built boats and they just goofed around next to the water for their entire childhood during the summertime it's a bare bones existence in more ways than one outside the cabin the petersons display 150 moose skulls with antlers it's nicknamed the Museum. Well, antlers themselves are basically bone, but it's external bone that grows very quickly during the summertime. I'm told it looks about the same as a cancerous tumor, very, very fast-growing tissue. Peterson moves back to Michigan's Upper Peninsula in the fall, then returns to Isle Royale for seven weeks in the dead of winter. He spends much of his time in a plane, counting the wildlife below and he's learned a lot about the island's last two wolves. Those two wolves uh, will probably never reproduce because they're father and daughter and half-brother and half-sister, and the female simply refused all advances from her father. But they had a pup once, right? Uh, they did. In 2015, we saw a malformed pup uh, with visible deformities with that pair of wolves but it didn't survive long, and that was the only only pup they ever produced, as far as we know. Tell me more about what that pup looked like. Well, it was small, but the major anomaly was a, a tail. It was completely deformed uh, into a sort of a permanent question mark, clearly a genetic deformity. There may have been lots of things wrong with it, but that was the easy one that you could see from an airplane. So, Isle Royals wolves will soon be gone, unless nature delivers a surprise or people intervene. As far as I'm concerned, certainly as a scientist and a conservationist, island needs wolves. Peterson has been pushing for years to get the National Park Service to bring in wolves. But now with just two wolves left, and they're both quite old, those two remaining wolves are not part of any viable plan to restore wolves. So the Park Service right now, if it wants wolves, uh, would have to start all over by bringing in the nucleus of a new population. The Wilderness Watch organization disagrees. It told the National Park Service that the introduction of wolves would be, quote, an imposition of human will, a trammeling of the wilderness, 
One of the principles of wilderness stewardship is to let nature decide on issues like the wolves on Isle Royal, rather than imposing human domination and human choices on the wilderness landscape. Wilderness Watch also argues that wild swings in the moose population may not be unnatural, and that moose had a 50-year history on Isle Royal before wolves arrived. If moose lived here for roughly 50 years with no wolves, what, what are we worried about now? Would it be so terrible to see the island revert to the way it was before the wolves arrived? Oh, without wolves, uh, the island isn't going to revert to anything we've ever seen before because the moose would basically destroy the forest that supports all the life that we know of on the island itself. That was a concern in the 1940s when the major conservationists uh, on, at the national level were all advocating for the introduction of wolves to Isle Royale to prevent the destruction of the ecosystem from too many moose. If Peterson has his way, helicopters would locate wolves in Ontario or Minnesota. They would be captured with nets or tranquilizer darts, then taken to Isle Royal. But none of that will happen unless the National Park Service approves the introduction of wolves. I am frustrated by the slow pace. Uh, it took years before the Park Service even really took it seriously. And then the formal review has been going ongoing for uh, two and a half years now. And, uh, sooner uh, the situation is reversed, the better for the island itself. If wolves used to cross the ice to the island, could they do it again? Peterson says global warming prevents Lake Superior from freezing roughly eight or nine years of every 10, another example of human activity affecting nature. But he marvels at the impact of just one wolf who was able to cross the ice in 1997. He was nicknamed the Old Gray Guy. And he got lucky, got into a breeding situation right away, and had a large litter of pups in 1998. So his genes uh, proliferated through the whole population. Within three years, he had offspring in all the packs breeding. And within nine years, all the wolves on the island were direct descendants of his. A healthy stand of aspen trees is a surprising testament to the old gray guy. Fewer moose were there to eat the trees because more wolves were there to eat the moose. In the mid-2000s, uh, for several years running, wolves were killing 20% of the moose every year. And that produced an extended period of low, low moose, uh, just 500 or so. And that allowed trees to grow, which had been suppressed for decades. It was really quite remarkable. A rare success story for the wolves. Peterson hoped that scenario would be repeated during an unusually cold winter in 2015. Two wolves crossed the ice from the mainland. They would have seen or smelled more moose than they could eat. But after a few days, they went back. They didn't find what they were looking for, unfortunately. And wolves are, are natural-born travelers. And dispersing wolves, uh, it's hard to evaluate why they do what they do. But they can go hundreds, sometimes thousands of miles. Wolves are not only predators of moose, but are in one important way, their protectors. Wolves would prevent a potential invasion of white-tailed deer. They carry brainworm, harmless to deer, but fatal to moose. So they die of even one brainworm. 
And it's the lack of brainworm on Isle Royal is, is a major reason why they are doing so well. There are no deer on Isle Royal, but they are uh, sitting right on the mainland now, ready to come. So deer are, are there and probably will get to Isle Royal because the lake is warming up some years to the point where a, a deer could survive that swim in late summer. And they would bring brainworm with them which would be quite devastating for the Moosa Vile Royal, but uh, wolves would provide that firewall against the arrival of deer because deer are so much, uh, so much smaller and more readily killed by wolves. So if deer get to Isle Royal live, we would hope that a, a reception committee of wolves would uh, meet them. An individual moose may lose his life in a brutal wolf attack, but in Peterson's view, wolves ensure that moose as a species survive on Isle Royal. Given that brainworm is the, the primary threat to moose populations, uh, the wolf is the, the best friend moose have because uh, it's only wolf predation that will potentially keep deer in check, particularly during severe winters. And Rolf Peterson is one of the best friends of moose and wolves. For over 47 years, he's counted the animals, collected their bones, analyzed DNA, checked trail cameras, written research papers, and educated park visitors. Through it all, the cabin he and wife Candy share has been home base. Yeah, where's this magazine that's here, Rolf? This, um, he doesn't like me to show it because he's so humble, but I'm not. Um, here, this magazine, Discover Magazine, May 2017. Heroes of Science, all the big guns there. Einstein is on the cover. Rolf Peterson is inside. For his, oh boy, <clears throat> I need the glasses. But it's, it's his emotion, his love of the place, his patience. And it has not been easy. He won't say this probably, but we've been through seven superintendents. Um, and policy changes tremendously. So we just sit here and wait and wonder what's, what it's going to be like. But it says, he has developed, he, devote, he has devoted more than four decades to the 58-year-old wildlife ecology project, a dedication and passion indicative to me of what science is all about. Um, as the wolf population has nearly disappeared and moose numbers have climbed, Patience and emotional investment, like his, are crucial in the quest to learn how nature works. One more question as our walk in the wilderness nears an end. What have you come to love about this place? It's a system that's running itself. That's very intriguing to me. You know, we're not in charge, even though we might have to prop it up every two, three decades. Well, after all, the, after all these years, this place has the capability to really intrigue you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's a wow factor almost every year. When I thought, wow, I've been here for almost 50 years, and I've never seen that before, or I've never understood this before. And now, yeah, there's an insight. But there's still tons of mysteries that I'll never figure out. Somebody's listening to Rolf Peterson. In the fall of 2018, four wolves were captured in Minnesota and released on Isle Royal. The National Park Service says they're the first of 20 to 30 wolves to be released there. Thanks for listening. On our next episode, a family reunion 
or more accurately, a We Gave You Up for Adoption 38 Years Ago But Want You Back in Our Lives reunion. The rocks are flying up off of the gravel driveway and hitting the side of the double wide, sounding like gunshots. This match is a production of Graham Media Group with WDIV Local 4 in Detroit. It's produced by Zach Rosen and written and narrated by me, Roger Weber. My son Owen recorded audio on Isle Royal. You can find us at mismatchpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mismatch Podcast. If you've been enjoying our show, please let your friends know about Mismatch and consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.